Next on BYUSN, Cougar football toppled in Texas. BYU one win away from bowl eligibility, but is the offense broken? Is it time for a change at quarterback? And are the Cougars really in danger of missing said bowl game? We'll discuss whether these are overreactions or not. Don't forget ESPN's Trevor Maddich, who joins us for another Maddich Monday. Does he expect the Cougars to bounce back against West Virginia? It was a wild weekend of Big 12 football. We say that every week. The separation in the league has begun. And three BYU quarterbacks took snaps in the NFL yesterday. They all won. And is Jaron Hall going to get some serious run as QB1? More Taysom Hill running, please. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, October 30th. I am Spencer Linton. He is the birthday man, Jerem Jordan. Happy birthday. Thanks, man. Uh, my dad and sister were like, oh, you're taking the day off? I was like, no, Mondays are valuable real estate here, unless I went to a Seahawks game the night before. But, uh, yeah, uh, congratulations to women's uh, cross country, by the way. Bringing home the first of many Big 12 championships. Well done. The men almost got it done. They took second. Uh, Diljeet Taylor tweeting uh, uh, Saturday, gave this cake to our AD on September 9th, 2021, when we got into the Big 12. Today we got him this. It is a trophy. So congratulations to the women's cross-country team. Very cool. I've reached out to Diljeet about a cake for you. We'll see. <laughs> I'm like, I am, I am uh, more Jehovah's Witness on my birthday than I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's all good. It's fun. I like, I get a lot of affirmation already. Like I feel plenty affirmed. So I'm, I'm good. Thank you though. I appreciate it. Hey, yeah. Hey, well, really, it's, it's this, a big one for me. It's the 4-0. This was I, an early birthday present yeah. for you. This trophy, thank this you. championship. It, it, I will not even be touching it. They won't bring it over here, brother. But um, no, if they want to, that's great. One time, uh, Guard Young let me borrow his silver medal from the Olympics. And I just like wore it around one afternoon. Took it to football practice. It's just my, buried in one of his drawers, by the way. It's yeah, not my, like displayed or yeah, anything. Micah Simon was like, what's that from? And I go, the Olympics? He's like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, it's Guard Young's. I don't know. Why, why do you have it? I don't know. That'd be fun. But yeah, no, uh, yeah, big 4-0. I feel like I'm uh, 30, so yeah, we're, we're good, man. Hey, age is just a number and all those other fun cliches. I know, right? I look at Blaine. 40 and like, is the new 30. I know, Blaine's like jacked and singing yeah. and playing the piano, and uh, you know, you're like, wait, what? You know, yes. Blaine's still got it going on, so be like Blaine Fowler. So the phrase, he's like a he ages like a fine wine, doesn't really... We don't really understand that very well around here. ...work with this culture, so what, what would that be? Like, what, what would the... Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints version of that phrase be ages fine, like a fine cheese. Is there a cheese? I, I don't know cheese culture. Like, I get scared at the grocery store when I see those cheeses over there. I'm like, I don't even know what those are called. How much is that? Why would you buy that? Oh, you know what we're doing? Yeah. We're just distracting you from uh, the inevitable conversation that we need to have today. Yeah. I'm not sure it's going to be group therapy <sighs> so much. I, I think we're just going to go head on into this. No, it's going to be more of a collision. Head, head first dive. Yep. yep. All rise and shout. Let's get to what's trending. We're going to build from this. I feel good about our team and our culture and, and where we're at. I believe in these guys and there's still a lot more. Listen, culture is going to be more important than ever after the debacle in Texas for BYU football. What's Trending presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Has that culture been fractured at all? I think we'll find out some things this week. Yeah. We're also going to roll out overreaction Monday. But are the following statements 
overreactions or are they spot on? We'll deliver a few loaded statements and then discuss if it is an overreaction or not. Beginning with number one, Jerem, the BYU football offense is broken. Okay, first off, overreacting or reacting in a massive way after a big loss at number seven Texas is the worst time to, <laughs> to figure things out. BYU was supposed to lose this game big, and they did. Like it, but it's more than that. It's, it's, there are issues that are beyond this game, right? It's like the one time, uh, you know, we, we had a dog, and my wife was like, I think we need to get rid of our dog. You know, but we started having this conversation at like 11 p.m. I'm like, I'm tired. You're tired. This is the worst time to have this conversation. Let's rest, get a meal, and then chat. So that's what this feels like after Texas being like, rah, everything. You always five and three. Yep. You know who doesn't get fired? Coaches that are on a five and three team. Like a lot of people are calling for massive change. When you are five and three, you don't do that. Come on. When you're two and six, yeah. You can you have can those conversations. But BYU is five and three. Back to your question. Is the offense broken? With that said, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Eight games in, it is what it is. It could improve, but it's not going to improve a ton unless you make some sweeping change. I don't, I don't see that. BYU is bottom 20 in the country in yards per play, yards per carry, third downs, all the things that matter, right? The offense is absolutely broken. Um, can't run the ball effectively. Uh, they have to uh, never give it away to have a shot um, to win, which BYU's done five times miraculously in eight games, right? Um, and, and how big were those wins? Like, cause you're looking down the stretch, which we'll get to. And that was tough. Yeah, absolutely. The offense has major issues. Use whatever adjective, uh, you would like to, uh, broken. Sure. Yes. There are massive issues. What's interesting about this is why did it have to be another brutal performance in the afternoon in Texas? BYU's three losses are all away from home and all afternoon games against Good teams. One's number seven in the country, which just happened in Austin. Yeah, don't take a ton from that game. The other just beat Oklahoma on the same field they beat BYU. And frankly, BYU's offense looked pretty formidable against Kansas's defense. Six and two, Kansas and ranked. Yes. Not so much With against TCU. But again, this isn't just a trend that shows up in road games. Sure. BYU at home at night with energy and like home field advantage and turnovers, they've been able to figure some things out. Yeah. Also applicable in this game is BYU lost the turnover margin in all three games. BYU has lost this year. They've lost the turnover margin yeah. in their five wins. They've won the turnover margin. BYU could have been plus two and lost this game <sighs> because Texas is that good. I, I said Friday and I felt strong that BYU needed to be plus three just to compete. Yeah, and let's yeah. define broken. Broken doesn't mean you can't fix some things, but I do think we're too far into the season to make wholesale changes. Correct. BYU's kind of just stuck doing what they are. Like, it's we're too far into this to be like, yep, let's just throw out the whole playbook and do something entirely different. It would be an absolute disaster to try something It'd like that. It'd be worse than what it is. BYU can try for, work for, better offensive line play, better run blocking, better pass blocking, and they can hope that the opportunistic nature of the offense combined with good defense and turnover margin can show up in a game or two from here on out, and BYU can manufacture another win or two with that formula. So it's broken, but there are some things they can try and duct tape or gorilla tape or, you know, jimmy rig 
to, to figure this thing out a little bit and get another win, at least one more win. Just get one. We don't need more. Yeah. Literally, just, yes. give, just give me one more win. This, like, the fact that BYU is going to go to a bowl game with these numbers on your screen is unbelievable. Like, the defense done yeah. a tremendous job, which we'll get to in a minute. Number two, is it time for a change at quarterback? Before you answer, let's hear what Kalani Sitake told you after the game on the BYUSN postgame. When you're looking at that, it's like, I think everybody thinks that the easy answer is just to get another quarterback in there. It's like, how about let's just protect for him first? You know, and um, give him a chance. And so when, when he's getting hit, and uh, that's not his fault. That's protection. We had issues in protection breakdown. Uh, he, he was managing the game the way we wanted it to. We just weren't converting on, on plays. And, and again, Texas has a say on that. They, they're a really good defense, and they made things difficult for us. But uh, I believe in our, our players. I believe in Keaton. I believe in, in our guys. And, and um, uh, we just didn't make enough plays. You know, I thought that that was... Uh, an interesting take by Kalani, and, and I'm glad that he defended his quarterback. Let's protect Keaton Slovis first before we start discussing, is it time indeed for a change at quarterback? I, I think the offensive line needs to be better, straight up. They know it. Is it going to be better, though, eight games in? Like, how much better we, could it be? We've seen it at times. We've seen it better at times. Like, we know the capability is there for them to be better. And how much of, of what happened on Saturday was just because – Texas's defensive front is ridiculously well, good. Again, we're not looking at just this game. We're looking at the whole season now. Certainly. Right, certainly and we've seen some good. This was the worst performance we've of the year. We've seen some good, yeah. especially in pass pro. But not enough. Like, not enough. Yeah. So is it on Keaton, though? Like, do we put that on Keaton Slovis? No, but Keaton can do some things, too. Everybody's got to do stuff. Um, yeah, everybody. Austin Colley made that point on the postgame show saying, Hey, it's on everybody, like literally on everybody, on Keaton, on the run game, on the offensive line, on, hey, Keaton Slovis scrambled there. He's been a pocket passer most of the year, right? He's not like a traditional runner, although this was his second longest run of his life. But, you know, when BYU's behind big like that, it's a little different. Um, yeah, so is it time for a change of quarterback? I say no, but that leash is much shorter than yes. it was. Yes. I think that if the offense sputters against West Virginia, that Jake Retzloff should get a look. He should get a chance. Because he can still redshirt. Because it's not going to take away his eligibility. Yes. They've saved him until this point. Some people asked that on Saturday. I tweeted it out. Uh, you know, hey, they're trying to save his redshirt. They can use him in every game if they want now. You can play four games, any of any four. They just happen to push it to the last four now. And a bowl game. So, in theory, Jake Retzloff could play all five games left in the season yes. should BYU make a bowl game. I think Keaton Slovis should still start. But that leash is shorter. The quarterbacking and the offensive, the the sink of success for the offense is has significant leaks. But they can do some things to wrap it up and and stop it from leaking as badly. It's gonna leak all season. Like it's going yeah, to it's going is, to leak all season. This is one right? of the worst offenses BYU's had in a long time. But and they it's can disappointing try. coming off of the era of Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall. We've seen some real success here. From the same play caller, from the same, you know what I mean? Like Aaron Roderick and the offense need to figure a couple things out to get a win. Yes, and guess what? You know what? If Keaton doesn't play well, Lavelle would do this in his era. He'd just be like, you know what? It's not your day. His offense coordinators would do this. Like, you'll get him next game. If Keaton doesn't look good against West Virginia and it's going poorly, like, and we're two quarters in, you can 
let Jake have a go and then be like, all right, Keaton, reset, okay, start at home against Iowa State, fine. Like, just because you pull him doesn't mean, like, he's done for the rest of the season. Like, right. Lavelle did it all the time. It happened often. Would, you, would he be done mentally, though, is the hope uh, you don't have, right? Don't be done mentally. All right, number three. The BYU defense did enough to win the game at Texas. Now, in the end, they crumble, and, you know, it's 28 points allowed, but it was only 21 going in the fourth. It was sub-300 at the time. They'd taken the ball away twice. Um, Malik Murphy threw for 170. Yeah, if the offense is going toe-to-toe and scores, like, I don't know, two touchdowns in this game, it's 21-14 going uh, into the fourth. Yes, I believe the defense did more than it was asked. The offense did... Almost nothing to help in this regard. The two field goals stalling in the red zone d- killed BYU in this game. I don't know if BYU wins the game, but they're competitive, which is what I was hoping for. BYU was not competitive in this game. Yeah, I was disappointed, and I said this to a number of people I was standing on the sideline next to. At 21-6, to after a second red zone fourth down stop, BYU gets the ball back. I said, and those. Why, yeah. do, why do I feel like BYU has no chance to win this game? Because the offense... Couldn't muster anything. Like yeah. it's twenty-one to six, yeah. and BYU has the ball after another fourth down stop in the red zone against Texas let's call it, offense. Let's call it four takeaways. It was two traditional and two on fourth. And I inside I said, the five. Why do I feel like amazing. there's just no shot? Like they're waving the white flag almost. We just run, run, run. Like uh, the clock's winding down. It was disappointing, but I mean, what do you do? What, what do you do? Then they try and stretch the field, and Keaton throws an interception, and then Texas scores a touchdown, and it's 28-6, just like that. And that's kind of when the wheels fell off. But, like, the defense up to that point, second, fourth down stop in the red zone is 21-6. What if I told you? It's a two-score game. But was it? Um, it didn't feel like it. What if I told you the game-winning score was within the first three minutes on the yeah, Xavier Worthy return? That, that extra point was the game winner. You know, he did not muster. And that didn't come against the defense. <laughs> did not. Yeah, that one didn't come. That's special the teams. That's tough. They've had some real bright moments. They've had some tough returns, right? Arkansas and now Texas. Yeah. Okay, number four, last one. Uh, overreaction or not? BYU's in real danger of not making a bowl game. Ooh. All right, let's uh, hear from Kalani once again, and then we'll give our opinions. Well, we got to get on the road again and have success on the road. Our losses have been on the road, so we've got to figure it out. And, uh, you know, we did a lot of different things to change up our schedule, try to get an emphasis on starting fast. Obviously, we didn't, you know, so uh, we'll, we'll keep trying things and uh, try to find ways to get our guys to, to execute a higher level. We just have to, you know, and, and um, hard to do when you're going on the road. But, but uh, what a great opportunity for us to go to West Virginia. And win and potentially get bowl eligible. It's at night. We're good, guys. It's a night game. It's a, it's a night game. The this sun is... will set 45 minutes before. BYU's winning. We're good. This is the real It's lit. over. BYU's going to a bowl game. This is the real litmus test for this, <laughs> this trend this season. A road game at West Virginia. Ah! East Coast, 10-point underdog right now. Getting weird with to the get Mountaineers. Get bowl eligible. Yeah. I, I, uh, but it, I, I, the next two games, I feel like BYU's going to win one of those two. I, I, I'm confident, despite all the issues on offense, okay. BYU will. Like, Iowa State's the most winnable to me. I know it's a good team, but it's, it's in Provo. It's BYU's in Provo. unbeaten in Provo. We don't have the time yet on that one, but I don't really care. I, I think BYU is uh, really good at home, right? So, yeah, next two weeks you get a win. Now, if BYU does not, and they're, they're going to play the Bedlam homies, 
Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Now you're in real trouble. Oh, if BYU now, loses the next two? Now you're, like, then, asking Then for it's it. danger yeah. zone. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so got to get it done um, the next two weeks for sure, obviously. Uh, we just learned. Yes, yes. Oh, praise this birthday Monday for Jerem. What, the time? Iowa State is an 8-15 yeah! mountain time kick. It's over. In Provo. BYU's <laughs> getting seven wins this year. They're winning the next two, baby. Let's go. <laughs> uh, they're winning at least five at home. <laughs> yeah, five and one. Defend Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Hey, oh, everybody, stop no, stressing No, not yet. They're not in real danger of not making a bowl game yeah, we're good. yet. We good. Night if, games, we're good. If they lose to West Virginia and Iowa State, both night games, by but, the way, then now we can bad. get worried. Yeah. Now we can really get worried. Yeah. All right, Mailbag Monday. We asked a bunch of questions. We discussed on this Overreaction Monday. Um, let's, let's answer some of those. Chris Freeman on X asks, what do you think is the most fixable part of BYU's lackluster offensive production overall? Keaton Slovis getting the ball out quickly. Okay. Yeah, because I don't know that you can just run block better now. That also factors into BYU's play calling and the quick game, which they have not shown a ton of. If they implemented the quick game and made it more of a point for Keaton Slovis to get the ball out quick because of quick passes in the quick game, that would help with that. Yes, we always not going to play a defense like Texas the rest of the year either. Oklahoma's defense has been pretty good, but they've shown they can, they can be vulnerable at times. Okay. Like Saturday at Kansas. Good question. Yeah. I'd also say that you have to start with BYU's blocking up front. Like the offensive line has shown at times that they can do enough to spring a few big chunk plays. Like it hasn't been great over – and I'm not asking for it to be great. I'm just asking for it to be average. Okay. Yes. It may be below average because right now it's horrendous. Can, can we be average? Yeah. Like, if that is my yeah. fixable thing. Get the offensive line to average play, and BYU is going to win a game. That yeah. will happen. I just want to win one of the next four. I'm not that picky right now. Okay. Yeah. Sean Wilkie on Instagram asks, what was in the worst state, last year's defense or this year's offense? This year's offense is worse than last year's yes. defense. As bad as – Statistically speaking. Statistically speaking, yeah. No, BYU is seventh worst in third downs and fifth worst in yards per carry. That's tough. Well, total offense isn't much better than that. I don't, I don't really care about total offense because uh, it depends on how many snaps you get off per game, right? You could go Brutal. tempo. You could go tempo, get a couple first – yeah. Dave Pasch at one point said, oh, a rare first down by BYU. They had two fewer than Texas at the time. I was like, no, that's not accurate. But it felt like it. But perception yes. was accurate. Jeez. Hashtag BYUSN on X, Facebook, and Instagram to chime in with your Mailbag Monday questions. We'll answer some more of those later in the show. Coordinators Corner, Aaron Roderick, Kelly Papinga, the offensive and special teams coordinator, is going to be in studio at that there desk coming up at 2 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Up next, ESPN's Trevor Maddich brings his strong opinions on Halloween Eve. What did he say is spooky and creepy? <laughs> and does he feel like BYU's in danger of not making a bowl game? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Lassiter pulls it in. And it's recovered by BYU. Isaiah Banya. 
We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play. -play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. It is now our pleasure to welcome in for another Maddich Monday, and I'm guessing a fired-up Maddich Monday at that. ESPN college football analyst and expert, insider, all-around good man and a BYU national champion, Trevor Maddich is back on the show following, frankly, a debacle in Austin, Trevor. So how would you wrap your mind around where in the world it went wrong for BYU? Where would you begin that conversation? Well, I would start by acknowledging that this is a top 10 team. And I think Texas may well end up in the playoff. They're that good. They'll, they'll, they have a tough schedule to go to, to finish out, but they could very well make the playoffs. So, so we start there. But where it really starts and ends is two places. Generally, they start slow. Generally, they'll start with giving up a, a, a defensive touchdown to the opponent or a special teams touchdown like they did in this one with a punt return to Xavier Worthy, which was just yeah, a couple things went wrong there. And, uh, and then the offense is very limited by the ability of the offensive line to run block. And so those things kind of combine to put them behind the curve and especially behind the chains. You mentioned the offensive line and the run game specifically. Offensively, BYU's got massive issues. They have. We're hoping it's, it'd be corrected. It, is, it has not been corrected quite yet. Where do you start the conversation and what the offense needs to do in the final four games of the regular season? Well, the conversation starts in acknowledging what you can and can't do, not what you wish you could do. And this offensive line, they, they're, they're, they're not good run blockers as a group. And uh, there are probably reasons for that, but the proof is on tape. They've been largely quite good in pass protection, except when they play a team like Texas. Texas one of the best defensive fronts in the country, and they, they had a lot of good moments, the BYU offensive line, in protecting against uh, against that defensive front and they blitzed Texas did a fair amount and there were times when those blitzes were picked up and when those things happened the passing game started to work a little bit the problem is it didn't happen consistently enough and and in between the times when the offensive line protected the quarterback well there were plenty of times when they just got overwhelmed so that's what you got so now what do you do so you talk about the creativity of it and this is where you know, the offensive staff needs to work around those things, and they try, but they're limited by the fact that they've got a quarterback who is um, is not particularly mobile. I, I, I love Keaton Slovis as a, as a quarterback. He's a terrific pocket passer, and he's an elite leader, but he's not Zach Wilson. He's not Jaron Hall. He's not a guy that's going to fix the problem with poor pass protection by running around and and making defensive pass rushers chase him all over the place from sideline to sideline. He's just not that guy. But if you give him protection, he's very, very good. And so now what do you do? So, you know, there's things they can do from a creativity standpoint, move the pocket more. They can, you know, in, in, employ more creative screen looks. And they tried to do that in this game a few times, and the execution was so poor by the players, I think they got away from some of that stuff. But these are some things that you need to do, just acknowledging that you're not going to get good pass protection. Your quarterback is not going to be able to fix it from a starting point in the pocket. Trevor Maddich of ESPN is on BYU Sports Nation. On the other side of the ball, it felt like the defense made enough plays, certainly up through that second red zone, fourth down stop, to try and at least give BYU a chance to win the game. 
Are we wrong to believe that the defense made enough plays to give BYU a legitimate chance to beat Texas? The defense was magnificent. They were amazing. The special teams put them in a hole to start the game. The offense couldn't do much of anything. And yet the defense did a phenomenal job. I mean, two goal line stands, a third red zone stop where they forced a turnover. It wasn't like a, a mistake by the offense and BYU was there to take advantage of it. They forced the turnover by getting into the backfield and stripping the ball and then recovering it uh, when Texas had the ball on the 10-yard line for another potential score. As a matter of fact, Texas didn't really blow this thing open until an interception was returned down to the eight-yard line, and then there was another turnover that gave Texas another short field. Other than that, the BYU defense played lights out. So I would say not that they were that they played well enough to uh, give them a chance. They played well enough to win this game, and they got no help from any other phase of the game. It's tough when the four TD drives uh, from Texas' offense only used 148 yards. That's tough. Uh, felt like that we agreed. The defense did a really good job. Granted, you look at 35, you break it down, they did. Okay, back to the offense for a second. How uh, long is the leash for Keaton Slovis until BYU mixes it up with Jake Retzloff to see if there's something, a different gear, a different option there? Sometimes you make a switch at quarterback, not because your current quarterback isn't getting it done, but because your offensive line isn't good enough to protect him as a pocket passer, and you got to put in somebody who's a bit more mobile. And behind Keaton, there's a guy that's mobile. At the same time, the only way for this offense to really move the ball consistently is chunk plays through the air. And Slovis is the guy who's developed the chemistry with a really good set of receiving core. I mean, really good. Uh, and, I mean, Darius Lasseter, Chase Roberts, Keanu Hill, Cody Epps, a bunch of big, tall tight ends. These guys are good. Now, they could be more precise, some of them, in their routes, but they finish plays downfield. And you need a quarterback that will know where to throw and can get him the ball there. And, and I, I still think that Keaton is the guy to be able to do that. At the same time, if he continues to be overwhelmed in the pocket, maybe you make a change, not because Keaton's not getting it done, but because you need a guy that can escape. And so we'll see how the offensive line does. Trevor Maddich of ESPN on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, now we turn the page and look ahead to West Virginia. BYU is now a 10-point underdog on the road in Morgantown. But, Trevor, it's a night game. Are, are you all in on BYU playing better at night? Because it certainly feels that way over the last four seasons. Will that help BYU in any way? Also, that West Virginia is maybe not as good as Texas. Yeah, but West Virginia is really good. True. Uh, they won last week. They continue to get better as the season goes on. So does Iowa State, by the way, which is another team that people are pointing to that BYU might be able to pick up their sixth win. And West Virginia, Morgantown, is a really creepy, freaky, strange, weird place <laughs> to play at night as well. And it'll be a great experience for BYU fans who go there because it's, man, Morgantown at night is like no other place at night. It's it's not just intimidating and strange. It's also a little scary. You know, it's, 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 a great, it's a great environment. So West Virginia is, you know, is, it would be a quality win for BYU if they're able to pull this out. But again, it comes down to what we've talked about before, guys, in the way that BYU needs to win. They need to win the turnover battle. They need to win the penalty battle, have fewer penalties. Uh, and they need to execute better. And, let, and against West Virginia, they're going to need to execute better on offense and on special teams. Let's just, let's just take a moment to describe where on special teams execution broke down against Texas that they need to improve on. It was that punt return for a touchdown in the first quarter. 
And the, it started out with poor execution because the punter kicked the ball not straight down the middle of the field, but almost down the middle of the field. He kicked it right along the, the punting team's right, or excuse me, left hash mark, right? So the, the returners, Xavier Worthy, had either direction to go anything he wanted to do. Now, when you look at the end zone view of that play, you see the gunner went down and just flew right by the returner. He didn't break down, didn't make the returner uh, slow down and make him juke him so his buddies had time to kind of catch up to a long punt. He just went flying right by him as if he wasn't there. So good. So BYU now is playing with 10 guys. Five of the remaining guys were all lined up in a row to the left of the left hash. It looked to me expecting the ball to be punted over towards the left sideline. Well, when it wasn't punted toward the left sideline, they were already outflanked to the middle. So five guys are gone. Now you got the punter, six, the gunner who ran by him, that's seven. Now you got three guys to cover the entire field from the left hash all the way to the right sideline. And that was just too big of a hole for those guys to cover. That's poor execution. If BYU tightens up things like that, they have a chance to win this game against West Virginia. If they do not, then BYU won't win another game this season. I was just going to ask that question because it's certainly a tough November at West Virginia, Iowa State at home, Oklahoma at home, who certainly is vulnerable, but Kansas has shown they're pretty good, actually. And then, of course, at Oklahoma State, who looks awesome <laughs> to end the season. BYU needs to win one more game to get a bowl game. We've asked a couple of times, what's the most winnable opportunity in the last four, in your opinion? This one, maybe Oklahoma, uh, excuse me, Iowa State. I think Oklahoma has so much to play for, and they've got so much skill that the offense of BYU is going to need to catch up to a degree. Now, the Oklahoma defense has had trouble in recent weeks. And if BYU can protect the passer, BYU can move the ball and score some points and keep this thing close. Oklahoma State has been playing lights out. They have a legitimate Heisman candidate at running back in Ollie Gordon. He has been un stoppable in recent weeks once they started to figure out that they needed to commit to handing the ball to him. Another place where BYU's offense needs to grind out long drives and finish with touchdowns so that they don't get their defense worn out by the end of the third quarter. Iowa State has one of the best defenses in the Big 12. BYU's offense needs to execute better, right? And then uh, you got this game at West Virginia. So if I, if I were to pick two, you just look on paper, you look at West Virginia, maybe Iowa State, um, but Every one of these teams is 5-3 or better, 5-3 or 5-3 or, uh, or better. And so this is where you've got a situation where BYU just has to execute a whole lot better. And so I, I, I look right now at the possibility of making a bowl, and I think the same thing that I did when the season started. Given the schedule, given that it is BYU's first season in the Big 12, that the other legacy Big 12 teams have been recruiting to that conference for decades, and BYU – is now recruiting that conference for the first time, not even a full year. BYU to get to a bowl game would be a fantastic season. I still believe that. With the, the times in this season that have been awful and ugly, if BYU can find a way to get one more win, I think we have to look at this as a, a magnificent overall coaching job by Kalani Satake and especially that defensive staff. And so I, I, I look at it that way. I just don't see... Uh, an FCS school that should be penciled in as a win in the remaining schedule. Trevor, your spooky, creepy reference was totally timely with it being Halloween week and all in reference to Morgantown. And in that line of thinking, what's your go-to Halloween candy on Halloween Eve and through this holiday? Candy corn. 
There is only one correct <laughs> answer to that, candy corn. Now, you can make a close second any one of several different variations of peanut butter stuff. But, um, you know, <laughs> peanut butter cups, you know, Reese's Pieces, stuff like that. But but if you don't put candy corn at number one, you've got no sense of history, no sense of value, no sense of what makes right <laughs> right in this country. You saved your hottest take for the very end. I love it. <laughs> Trevor, it's great to talk with you, man. Happy early Halloween, and uh, we appreciate the clarity and the forthright nature of your commentary. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich of ESPN. He's never been more on wrong on any subject ever. <laughs> I'm anti I'm not just no candy corn guy. I'm anti candy corn guy. Like straight up, you will not eat it no. at all. No, I'd rather eat candle wax. Like, no. <laughs> to me, it is candle wax. Come on now. <laughs> BYU Football with Kalei Sitake is tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app, ESPN Plus as well as the coach. Talks about what happened on Saturday at Texas. Big game at West Virginia Saturday night. Up next, Minnesota starting quarterback Kirk Cousins injured. Maybe an Achilles out for the season. Does that mean Jaron Hall is going to be the starter for the Vikings? Another BYU quarterback starting the NFL? We'll discuss next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media, on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B on Halloween Eve. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. Let's roll out your Monday headlines. BYU football lost 35-6 at number 7 Texas. That'd be weird if a team from the state of Utah lost by that score to a top 10 team. That's very strange. BYU turned the ball over three times, had 292 yards of total offense. Kalani Sitake says it needs to be better. Yeah, it's taking care of the football and it's, it's protecting our quarterback, establishing a, a very consistent running game. You know, that's, that's what we got to do. And so um, I, I felt like uh, Texas did some really good things to take stuff away, but there, there's a there's a lack of execution from all of us and on all three phases, you know, where uh, I think we can we can be better and that's uh, we'll work on it. We'll progress. He's playing at West Virginia this week, 7 Eastern night game on FS1. And we know the kick time for Iowa State the next week in Provo on Saturday, November 11th, announced this morning as night game. 10-15 Eastern on ESPN. The Cougs are now guaranteed to win both. Vampire Cougs for the win. On to Cougars in the NFL Part 1, a wild Sunday, including Zach Wilson, who somehow, with 24 seconds on the clock, tied the game for the Jets. Hey. And the <laughs> guys in gangrene found a way, 13-10, to beat the Giants. 240 yards passing for Zach and a TD. He was the Jets' leading rusher with 25 yards on four carries. Jaron Hall pressed into action for the first time in his NFL career because Kirk Cousins apparently torn his Achilles. The Vikings beat the Packers 24 to 10. Hall was three for four for 25 yards. He may be the starter moving forward for Minnesota. And Taysom Hill, nine carries, 63 yards, two touchdowns, completed one pass for 44 yards, caught one pass for 14 yards, and a Saints 38-27 win over the Indianapolis coach. Jamal Williams added 30 rushing yards for the Saints in that victory. I saw a stat yesterday that the Saints are 17 and one when Taysom Hill carries seven or more times in a game. That's such a random one, because him carrying seven times doesn't mean they win, but apparently it does. Fred Warner totaled uh, 10 tackles for the Niners in a 14-point loss to your Bengals. Puka Nakua 
Three passes, uh, three catches rather for 43 yards. The Rams 43-20 loss to the Cowboys. Tyler Algier, eight carries, 31 yards for the Falcons in a 28-23 loss to the Titans. Michael Davis, four tackles for the Chargers in a 30-13 win over the Bears. Kyle Vinoy had a tackle for the Ravens in a win over the Cardinals. Who they think gonna beat them Bengals? Niners stink. Not the, last not the three 49ers. Weeks, wow. BYU Do, you doing me a solid as Seahawks fan. <laughs> BYU women's cross country. We mentioned this off the top. Yeah. Won the university's first ever Big 12 championship on Saturday. Lexi Halliday-Lowry, the highest finishing runner for BYU, who took fourth place. The Cougars' top seven runners all finished in the top 15. Amazing, which earned them all Big 12 honors. Number three, BYU men's cross country took second right behind Big 12 champ number two, Oklahoma State. Creek Thompson led the way for the Cougs who will compete for a national championship, both the men and the women, in a couple of weeks. Seventh-ranked BYU women's soccer taking on Oklahoma in the quarterfinals of the Big 12 tournament in Round Rock, Texas tonight, 6.30 Eastern on Big 12 now on ESPN+. If BYU wins, which they will, they'll take on the winner of TCU and UCF on Wednesday. And uh, we learned they want TCU. Yes, we did. Number eight, women's volleyball swept for a second straight night on Friday against Kansas State. This marks the first time BYU's lost back-to-back -back games to an unranked team, or in this case, the same team, for the first time since 2011. Whoa. Up next, two home matches Friday and Saturday against Cincinnati. Weird matches in Manhattan Thursday and Friday. Jimmer Fredette helped lead Team Miami to a second three-on-three -three world tour stop win, this time in Abu Dhabi. Didn't they win in Santiago, Chile, just like last week? He's Literally the, last week, He's the world dog. traveler. Yeah, them Delta. Abu Dhabi. Jimmer was named the MVP of the event for the second time on the world tour. He blew the game wide open when he took over late in that championship game. Still got it. Men's golf competing in the Kapolei Invitational. Kapolei Golf Club in Hawaii today through Thursday. And BYU women's golf competing in the Hurricane Invitational at the Bit Biltmore Country Club in Coral Gables, Florida. Play began this morning, and that, too, runs through tomorrow. And last but not least, Robbie McCombs of Info reports that BYU men's hoops beat Stanford in a secret scrimmage. That's a win. Saturday, 77-72. Next year, that's an a a a ACC win. Down Hall, Dawson Baker didn't play. Uh, Robbie reported that Hall should be ready for the season opener on November 6th, while Baker could miss some time. Those are today's headlines. Now some opinions in the whip. Through the whip round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Jaron Hall came in for the injured Kirk Cousins, uh, apparently a season-ending Achilles injury after the game. Jaron spoke to the media about being ready to be the Vikings quarterback. Very, you know, it's, I have a great coaching staff around me. Um, you know, Coach O'Hara has, has done a great job, you know, preparing me. Coach Grant on the side with him, um, and the KO, you know. So it's a great coaching staff. I feel like they've they've done a great job preparing all of us each and every week, making sure that we, uh, you know, dot our eyes, cross our T's, and are ready to play. And, and that's just a professional um, approach you take every week. And, and I pride myself on preparation. So um, once you get on the field, it's just a game. And, and so I feel like you know I'm more than capable and ready to you know do whatever's asked of me. It stinks for those guys, but two Achilles have yielded Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall as Crazy. starting opportunities now. Crazy. Same what, injury. What? Same injury. What do you expect from Jaron Hall as the Vikings starting quarterback next week? Oh, man. Well, for one, I expect him to be the starter for at least one game, but I also expect the Vikings probably to maybe bring in a veteran to help shore up that room. I, I don't know if Jaron's going to be the guy the rest of the Nick way. Nick Mullins should be ready in two weeks, apparently. Yeah, we'll see. But I expect... Uh, a watered-down game plan, and for the Vikings to utilize 
Jaron Hall's mobility a little bit. He'll probably sure. be out of the pocket a lot, and they'll probably get him on the move because that's what he does. You know, I mean, not high expectations, but like there are enough playmakers around Jaron Hall that he could win a game for sure. Yeah, they and by the way, they play at Atlanta, so you're gonna see Tyler Algier and Jaron reunited. Hall on the other side. So that's fun. Yeah, I expect him not to turn it over. That's what he does. Yeah, he takes care of the take football. care of the football. Yep. Although right. he did, unfortunately, in a strict. Uh, a strip sack fumble. Give it up. In the game. Yeah. So maybe he'll learn from that and okay. uh, take care of the ball. Three for four passing yeah. in that limited action. Okay. Back to BYU women's volleyball. How do back-to-back -back losses to unranked Kansas State, middle of the pack team in the Big 12, impact volleyball's postseason status and seeding potential? Yeah, yeah, they're going to make the tourney. It's just where they're seeded. Certainly, uh, you know, three or four weeks left in the regular season. Uh, weren't in the top 10 that the committee updated uh, last night. Shoot. So that stinks because you want to be top 16, then you host the first two rounds. Last yeah. year, BYU did not. They had to go on the road. They lost in the second round. The hope is that you finish strong. You have Kansas in a couple of weeks. That'd be a big game and a big win. Uh, if BYU can win out, uh, certainly I think they have a good argument for top 16. Yes. I, I expect BYU probably to roll in somewhere around the 13 or 14 seed and they'll host the first two. But what stinks is if you are that seed, now like you get into the Sweet 16 and you're taking on like a top three team in the country. Right. So Where, mail it in to be lower? Is that what you're saying? Well, whereas if you are like nine or 10 and you host and win two, now you're taking on number seven or number eight in a team you're more evenly matched You had a with. chance of that yes. prior to last week. Ah, that's had what they, stings so Had much. they won out. Yep. For sure. Check out after further review, 7 Eastern tomorrow night on the BYU TV app as the guys break down the Texas game. Look ahead to West Virginia. It was another wild, unexpected weekend of Big 12 football. Did Jerem take a step forward? It, it'd only be right if you won on your birthday, right? Yeah, it's we'll not up to next. me. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's up to past me. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Back to the big board for our big conversation and the Big 12 Roundup live on BYU Sports Nation. Jeremy, it's your birthday weekend. Did You're you just gonna concede this, did, or did are we you gonna look get at a, Did you get a victory <laughs> finally <laughs> on your birthday weekend? Hopefully. Uh, okay, number six Oklahoma, nine point favorite against Kansas. Kansas pulls off the upset, 37-33. We both had Oklahoma as Jason Bean and the boys. Devin Neal scores a touchdown. Oklahoma let Kansas score to get the ball back, and then couldn't move it down the field. Uh, by the way, Jason Bean is like. Apparently an Olympic caliber sprinter. Did you see how fast that he, dude is? Well, is it a good thing BYU didn't play him? Maybe. Even though BYU still lost that game? Oh, we both yeah. missed on that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what an upset. And uh, by the way, they showed the final play of Oklahoma, they Kansas. They showed that on the, during on the broadcast. The, the BYU-Texas game is live and happening, and they're showing that game on the And everyone's screen. like, yeah! All the Texas fans went nuts. I thought I would that was like, hilarious. I would like to think that BYU would do the same thing for Utah. Oh, but I, th I wow. don't think BYU would do it. I wow. wish they would, though. Well, Bevo's uh, droppings bucket happens to be a Crimson OU bucket. I learned that as well. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I saw that, too. All right, Houston and Kansas State. Whoa, what has gotten into Kansas State, Jerem? A week after Houston almost upsets Texas, yeah, they don't score a point, yeah. and they lose 41 to nothing. So K-State's beating TCU 41 to three, and now Houston 41 nothing. Pretty so good. you get the point. You thought they'd cover. 
That Kansas was, State would. Oh, uh, yeah, that was a cover and then so. That was a super pick. That was, so that was double. way off. Okay, West Virginia, UCF. Uh, West Virginia uh, takes it to UCF 41-28. We both had uh, UCF in this one, so we both missed on this one. What's going on? They're 0-5 in Big 12 play, UCF. Uh, at least BYU has two conference wins. It's one combined for the three AAC new Big 12 teams, so it's not going to All right, so you've got one point to zero thus far. <laughs> Iowa State and, Rich. and Baylor. I took the Cyclones here, and uh, they delivered. Yep. They put Baylor on their heels early, 30-18 to 18 when Iowa State is playing some really good football. BYU's going to need that night game magic when Iowa State comes to town. This is not good. 67. 67 rush yards. Yeah, uh, the Cyclones right there in that five-way tie for first place in the Big 12. Five-way tie. Good thing it's an easy schedule down the stretch for BYU. Okay, so 1-1. One, uh, one, I got the point there. Cincinnati, Oklahoma State. I had Oklahoma State on my super pick. You also had Oklahoma State. We both get it, but I get two points because Ollie Gordon III is like the new Barry Sanders uh, for Oklahoma State. Like, he's unbelievable. He, he has now rushed for 978 yards and eight touchdowns the last five games. BYU ends at Oklahoma State. Look Whoa. out for Oklahoma State. Yeah, the lineage of running backs there. Thurman Thomas, Barry Sanders, and now Ali Gordon, apparently. Yeah. Man. Jeez. All right, so with your super pick, you're up three to two. Yeah. And then we both went with BYU to cover at Texas. I thought Just they out. might late in the game when they got that they second fourth down. Two chances, stop. Spence. Two chances didn't cover, obviously, winning the game is more important, but uh, yeah, we both missed that one. Oh, how I wanted BYU to be within fewer points than a certain rival to the north and not have the same exact final score, but whatever. Yeah, Spider-Man meme from Hema Hamily, hilarious. So, uh, <laughs> hey, I win 3-1, so uh, you're 3-2. 3-2. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. All right, well done. You got, you did it. You did it. Happy birthday. I'm super excited about it. Okay, prop picks. Did you win prop picks? So it's five. I'm... I've won five times in Big 12 roundup. You've now won twice. Now yep. we go to prop picks. Yep. I got to win uh, three of the last four here. Okay. So. Over under 100 rushing yards for BYU. I said under. You said over. It was 95. Oh, I, come I on. I take that point. Come on. Like one sack. Gosh. What's uh, BYU's turnover margin? Plus, even, or minus? I said plus. You said even. It was minus. Yeah, I thought it was going to be even, and then just no. late interception. Meep, meep. Ugh. All right. Who have more completions? Keaton Slovis or Malik Murphy? I said Keaton. I got it. You got it. Yeah. He had tw he completed 25 passes, but only for 197 yards. Like from behind. Malik was 16 completions. Yep. Okay, so the Kansas thing. Close to the pin. Third down conversion rate. Uh, you said 33%. I said 32. It was under that. It was 21. So close to the pin. Third down conversions continue to just be just it's not one brutal I, stat for BYU. Not one I wanted to win, but I'll take it. You're up 2-1 now. Okay. True or false? Yep. There will be a defensive respect <laughs> team touchdown. You called that too. Xavier Worthy. Uh, unfortunately, I got that one too. Yeah. Okay, so I win the week 3 1. Uh, you're up 3 2. I'm more competitive in that. More competitive than I am, uh, in prop picks on the yeah, season? Yeah, exactly. All right. Wednesday, we got a men's and women's basketball preview show coming up. We will preview this with Tyler Hawes, Chris Kozlowski, the schedules, the newcomers, the returners. What do the teams look like? Wednesday during the show, normal show, we just themed it, men and women's basketball preview coming up this one. A few more of your Mailbag Monday questions. Get some answers after the break. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. You can download the free BYU TV and BYU Radio app or listen to the pod. Subscribe, rate, and review. It's a Mailbag Monday, and we've got a few more responses to throw out some answers to, including Porter Larson on Facebook who asks, 
based on the eight games that BYU has played so far, yeah. what are the strengths that BYU's offense can lean into to get more consistent production, and how do you create more creativity on offense using those strengths? To me, you've got to be able to run the ball to create some play action to open up things. Uh, the strength right now is throwing the ball up to Chase Roberts and Darius Lassiter and them making a play. Um, but you can't count on that winning you games. You can count on, like, a catch in three of the eight games that you're just like, wow, top ten sports center. Th- those are unbelievable. But you've got to be able to find Isaac Rex over the middle more. You've got to be yes. able to check down and yes. have that guy uh, break a tackle. Um, and, and if you can't run the ball, it's just going to be hard. Like, BYU has to be able to run the ball a little bit. Like, a little bit. Sure. I- I'm okay going all in on the pass to set up the run scenario if that's what BYU decides to do. But you have to, yes, you have to run a little bit. I don't, what, BYU is so reliant on attacking the edges. I don't know that that's going to work for the remainder of the season against the opponents against that BYU is about to play against. Yeah. So I feel like it has to be, you said, in the middle of the field. BYU needs to exploit the middle of the field somehow, whether that's running backs, little curl routes, little hitches, things like that. Just off-pace, quick game, short passes to exploit the middle of the field as much as you can. All right. At Old School, uh, BYU, sorry, Porter Larson on Facebook was our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Okay, today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Shout out to Jake Eichhorn, uh, who got baptized yesterday. Uh, Aria McCumber of women's volleyball has been baptized uh, this year as well. And, uh, yeah, c- cool choice. Obviously did it myself. Uh, one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Congratulations to Jake on uh, entering the fold. Cool to see Jake Retzloff there and some of the teammates who aren't necessarily members of the same faith. They support each other. Well, Cody Epps talked about it in the postgame, too. said, I'm going to be there. All of us are going to be Fantastic. there to support this decision. Yeah, they support Jake in his faith and Cody in their faith. That's awesome. Some balance there. Hopefully that's a unifying moment. BYU can uh, balance out things and get back to work against West Virginia. Our I thanks- need a balance breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Our thanks to today's guest, Trevor Maddich. Sorry, Dennis. Ran out of time. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Nick Ayer. We'll see you for Coordinator's Corner to Eastern Noon Mountain on the BYU TV app. Go Cougs.